we're on. Hi, welcome to Literary Italy. Follow us on Facebook at Literary Italy. Shake it in, shake it. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at Literary Italy Podcast, on Twitter at Literary Italy, our website. Strangely enough, is LiteraryItaly.com. Uh, and uh, if you uh, haven't already, um, consider subscribing because this, um, this uh, Italian goodness comes out uh, weekly at this point. Uh, and welcome. Welcome. Just a little bit of Did you mention fry, also right? the um, our email? Our email. Yeah, no, I didn't mention that. Mail our- at literaryitaly.com. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions about books to read, places that we should talk about, um, other suggestions. <laughs> we would love to hear them. Uh, today, kind. we... Please make kind. them. We just can't take the rejection anymore, so make them kind. So today, um, we're not actually not going to be talking about a book. This is one of those episodes where we, it's a little bit of an extra. Today, we're going to talk about traveling to Italy with children. Are we? Yes, because okay. it's something that we have done um, a fair amount. and um, Sometimes our children. <laughs> They kind of frown on you taking strangers. strangers Come with me to Italy, son. (laughs) There are laws about that. Um, But so, yes, I guess we are assuming traveling to Italy with your children. (laughs) So um, we have a couple of suggestions. And I think number one, you know, I, I feel like when I look online for advice about traveling to Italy, it all, it sometimes people are very, very dogmatic. They're like, you must. See this? Oh, you you went to Rome and you didn't. You went to Florence and you didn't see the David. And you didn't. See, I was in Florence, I think, for at least nine months before I ever went to see the David. And even even then, I was like, hmm, the David. Now, now I was impressed, but everybody has a different reaction. I was really impressed by David. I yeah, also, I'm not unimpressed by David, but I don't. Veronica wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're going to talk about. So, I mean, number one, uh, I would say Italy is a fantastic country to travel with kids. Italians love children. Even though they have one of the lowest birth rates in the world, um, they just love children and they will tolerate a lot of nonsense from your kids that you won't. (laughs) Do you remember? (laughs) You wouldn't. You know, that our kids would be like running amok in the, the, the grocery store and you know, I'd be like, stop that, stop that. And they say, oh, ma signora, you know, the kids, ma sono bambini. You let, the, let them, They're let kids. them do their, their kids, let them do their things. And there's a lot to love about Italy for children. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, I, we're not going to talk about, um, maybe we'll get off into a couple of specific remember, places. But remember the green grocer that used to give Sam peanuts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> right. Right. So here, here we go with a couple of suggestions. Number one. Take your time, okay? So if you have a week off, do try to leave. Well, first of all, try to get two weeks. <laughs> but try to, if no. you only have a week, try to leave Friday night uh, because you're not going to get there, obviously, till Saturday. Um, and try not to come back until the very last minute. Yeah, um, yeah I think, the, the and this isn't that much different than our advice generally, but I think with kids it becomes it becomes heightened in as much as you really, one thing that really kind of throws off kids, it throws off adults, but I think it throws off kids more is that, is that constant prep and frenzy for, for travel. Even if it's just, we got to get a bus or we've got to get a train or we've got to get a this. And it's so nice just to, rather than ticking off things that you've seen or taken photographs or selfies in front of, 
it's it's really nice to just kind of soak into a place and sit at a bar for a, an hour or two and just kind of relax. And right. So much of the experience. Right. And the things that your kids will remember of this trip are not necessarily the things you thought they would. I remember when we traveled, I think our first trip, and our daughter was just shy of four, and she was going around collecting rocks, little tiny pebbles, and calling them diamonds. And this was throughout, you know, we were in Venice. We were in, That was our first trip with all the all with of all our, four we had kids. Four. With Pat in Padova, Florence, and she came home with just a bag of rocks and said, Oh my diamonds. Um, they will remember things like that. They'll remember things like the playground mm-hmm. that's near yes. wherever you're staying, much more than they may remember the museums. So take your time. I mean, obviously, if the kids are in school, you're kind of limited. But I would really argue, I think we talked about this in the just general travel tips, but I would really argue for pulling them out of school. You know, we have homeschooled, so we're we're a little bit spoiled that we can travel off season. But, um, you know, for instance, is one time when we were taking a trip and our oldest was in um, was taking an art history class at the local community college. And he said, I can't leave because I have this art history class. And I said, talk to your art history professor. Just talk to her. Tell her that we're going to Florence and Rome. And he did. And she said, no problem. She said, just, you know, make up the work. And, you know, I'd love to hear what you see. Tell tell them that you'll be at the Uffizi in the Vatican Museum. Right. It's kind of hard to argue with that. Um, So number two, adjust your expectations. That you are not going to be, you know, as I said, you you will hear from people who will say, well, you need to see X, Y, and Z. Right. Well, maybe not. Um, or you go to the Uffizi or to the Vatican Museums with the without the intention of seeing 100%. You're going to see 10%. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But um, make it pleasant. Okay? Try to make it pleasant for everybody. I, I find that's true, but that's I think <laughs> that's true I, for big people, too. I also adults. think it's true of museums in general, even when you're not traveling. So, you know, we're not that far from New York. And I, I feel like the first few times I would go to a place like the Met, I would really try to, I would, I would focus more on, on quantity. Whereas being able to spend, you know, a chunk of time with impressionists is probably worth it rather than, I didn't see the, I didn't see the coats of armor or I saw the coats of armor, but I, you know, it's, it's nice just to kind of, just kind of rest with something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I have done on a couple of trips is to try to break the trip into a couple of different locations. That's a good idea. City, countryside, and seaside. Now, obviously, seaside depends on the time of the year. You might not want to be at the seaside in the winter, although it'll be, you know, you'll have the beach to yourself. (laughs) But, um, that way you, in the city, you'll be doing more museums and that kind of thing. In the countryside, you can, as you know, Jim was just saying, you can kind of relax. I mean, maybe um, you find a place off the beaten path and you might even find a villa that has a pool or something like that. And you can spend the day maybe going to a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, something like going to a bar and getting a cup of coffee or a Coca-Cola with, a, you know, with a, a kid is is quite a an experience in a foreign country. Yeah. And then seaside um, just for the fun of going to the beach. Uh, number three, reduce your moving around. Oh, we've got numbers. Well, I, I have numbers because otherwise I can't remember things. Okay. So re- reduce your moving around. And by that, I mean um, try to think about setting up a home base and then perhaps doing day trips from there. So perhaps if you're going to stay <clears throat> if you're going to stay in Florence, but you also want to see Luca and Siena 
and maybe Pisa or the Cinque Terre or or some of the the small towns in Tuscany, keep Florence as your home base for yeah. a week, and then perhaps one day rent a car and go on and drive around in the Tuscan countryside, or you can actually hire a driver for yeah. a day, um, someone who is actually has you know, some experience or, or, or could come up with an itinerary that would be really good for, for kids. And to your point, that's, that's nice for adults, but I do, th- I agree with you. I, th- I think it's really important for kids to have a sense of home. You know, this is my home, right? If Temporarily. You, yes. Yeah. Yep. And I'll have to say, I mean, this is no matter where we've gone, sometimes one of the most re- rewarding things is going shopping in the supermarket. Yeah. You yeah. know, that it's a little bit different. It's familiar. Okay. Cause it's a supermarket. But it, it's different. And so even that, I, I consider, I completely consider that a learning experience and it's a cultural experience. So is it like a decent five euro bottle of wine? That's a that's an oh, experience. Right, 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 like, right. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. To find out that you can get really good food. And well, and, you know, speaking about, you know, saving money, yeah. um, if you do an apartment rental, you will save money not only over the hotel, but you'll save money also because of the number of meals that you right. need to eat out. Uh, number four, enlist their help in planning. I feel like this has a very Letterman quality now. <laughs> you know, so with the little, little, little kids, I mean, maybe they can't really help you out so much, yeah. but definitely uh, ask them. I mean, what are so, you know, perhaps watch a couple of videos, Rick Steve's videos or things like that. And so give them an idea of what's there. And is this something that you would want to see? So enlist their, enlist their help. Yeah, um, I think that's really really helpful. I think that science museum that we we went to in uh, Florence, Florence. I think the, Sam, yeah, yeah. Sam had a, a the Galileo, hankering. the Galileo. Yes, yeah, Sam had a hankering for that. And yeah, I mean, when it was cool, it was, wasn't something I'd thought about, but it was really it was a it yes, was a that's thing. that's a great museum in Florence. Um, prepare, okay, and by this I mean prep, prep your your kids. So how do you prep your kids? Um, you can prep them with by looking at maps. You can prep by watching movies, reading books together, perhaps doing, a, a, you know, watching a, a couple of cartoons in in um, in Italian. Italian. Yeah. There was that one with the, do you remember with the dinosaurs in Italian? Yeah, I, I wonder if it was, I mean, I, I guess my hope is that our, our listeners also have the patience to watch a cartoon in Italian too. But in addition, you can also watch something like we have watched I, with our kids, um, Cinema Paradiso. Yes. And I think the streaming services, the streaming services really help with that. And yeah. as much as you can get a lot of Italian language content with subtitles. The Bicycle uh, at Thief. Least, Wait, at least, I mean, all these books, least, that, these movies that have totally traumatized our children. Even if you, <laughs> if you have no Italian, just to sort of acclimate yourself to hearing it. And I, because, and I think one of the challenges we had with our very first travel was that uh, Sam. You can be surprised; people will tell you, "Oh, you know, we went with Sam when he was two, and um, and the the suggestion was, oh, well, of course, at at two, you're just going to pick up Italian. And they just soak it up. And they just soak it up, and it's a lie. <laughs> well, it's it's not that simple, and and kids no. will be resistant because you know a kid who's just who's. Um, it can be really frustrating when you're three. I, I, say, I have vivid memories of Sam going through Florence <laughs> saying, speak English. No, no, he said speak normal. Speak normal, <laughs> speak right. Normal. Speak normal. 
Yeah. So uh, be patient. (laughs) Be patient with yourselves. Be patient with your kids. Number six, do one special activity for each kid. This is assuming that you have more than one child that you're going. So, I mean, hey, you know, what's the one thing? And maybe for one kid, it's really getting, you know, you're going to go to Naples and they really want to get to Pompeii. And maybe another one could not care less about ancient Rome. But but for one, this is your special day. We're going to go to Pompeii. Another one really wants to go to the beach. So that next day, we're going to the beach. Now, granted, everyone is going to get something out of Pompeii and everyone's going to get something out of going to the beach. But it kind of makes them feel listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Not that we actually listen to them, but it's important <laughs> that they feel listened to. You know, the next three I divided into various ages. Uh, okay, so this is my thought. So zero to five. You really mean two to five, right? Because at zero, you know, taking well, that's it. what that's my point. Right. So under five, they they're kind of coming along whether they they, they want to or not. It's actually kind of easy. It true, you know. I one regret I have is that we didn't travel more when the kids were little, little. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Because they are easier. Um, under two can sometimes be free on the plane. You probably want to get them a seat anyway, just so that you can get some sleep. It's also tiring, though. I mean, be, be, having kids who are young yeah. is. I mean, we just didn't travel as much, also because we were tired. We were tired. But again, you might want to think about getting an apartment so that you have a place to retire to in the you know in the middle of the day for a nap. Yeah, that you can have lunch and a nap. Um. You know, Italians tend to eat dinner late, eight o'clock or later. So you might have your your big meal out would be lunch and then nap. And maybe nighttime you just kind of do something simple, uh, pasta at back at, you know, quote unquote home, your your whatever, Airbnb, VRBO. And again, with that under five, look around for the playgrounds. Look yeah, I around. used to take Sam to yeah, that was yep. our, our our haunt in in Florence was the local playground where I was corrected on how I was up bringing him up. Yes, have the little old ladies tell you that you're, his belly. that you're an incompetent dad. Um, oh, ages obviously. age ages five to twelve, I think, is sort of the the golden years for traveling with kids. I don't know, maybe you might be wrong, no. but I, I feel like everyone's potty trained, everyone's sleeping through the night. Um, I and I, and again, but at the same time, they can, as I said, you can enlist their help in the planning. They're often very, very interested in things like ancient history. Ancient Rome can be fascinating. The Colosseum is a wonderful destination with the kids. Aquariums, things like Aquariums, that. Aquariums, things like that. So 5 to 12. Um, in addition, you know, think about zoos and parks. Now, I, I remember going to the, the zoo in Rome and... I'm thinking, why? I have no interest in going to the zoo in Rome. Zoos just depress me. But why is because it was something that was fun for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so certainly for us, we probably would, you know, if it were just Jim and me, we probably would be going to a museum or something like that. But it was nice. I also remember when we took our cruise starting out of Genoa, we started going to, we started out by going to the aquarium. The aquarium in, in Genoa. Genoa. It's a fantastic nice. aquarium. And it, and it's also just kind of a nice nice break to the other stuff you're going to be doing you know a lot of what we're doing on the podcast is stressing is stressing stuff that's really unique but it's also interesting to see just how in Italy things like things like science education are are, are handled and things mm-hmm. like zoos sure. are handled you know, or, they're, they're, yeah, and and also just there's also a comfort of the familiar that's a universal you know the parco nice. di pinocchio i was thinking in yeah. colori in tuscany and in fact one of our episodes i would like to read pinocchio ah uh, that would be okay? nice and talk about colori which is the town that uh, carlo colori the author came from 
And um, there's a park there that's kind of it. And, you know, you might have in, in your mind like a Disney and it's like it's so far from Disney that it couldn't be any different. But it is a park that's based on certain scenes in the book. It's an extremely, yeah. very much a literary park, but it's for kids. Once upon Pat, a time, there was shows. a piece of wood. Yeah, puppet shows is fantastic. So we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, I think I think uh, Pinocchio. I don't know why we. I haven't thought of doing. Pinocchio. Oh yeah, Pinocchio is a yeah, good one. Pinocchio is a good one. Um, number nine for kids who are over. 12. Oh, I just I can't believe I let that slide. What number nine? Number okay, nine, for kids that are over nine. twelve. Um. All right. These are challenging years, I think. Um, they want to be more independent. So again, enlisting their help in planning, um, even choosing, you know, their help in choosing. I think the, our, I think this chapter would have been titled nine plus the pain in the neck years. No, 12 plus. 12 plus. Um, but I also find that at this age, they're, they're more interested and they can appreciate the art and the history better. So th- that's also a lot of fun. I would, you have a 12 and up, and I would actually say 12 to 17, because I think after 17, your next role, and it's not, yeah, well, might, All right. might come into play. <laughs> but um, so they're, they're also more independent, and I would be, quite frankly, I'm comfortable with kids that age going off on their own. Yeah, taking the metro. You know, if they, especially if they have a phone or some way to reach you, um, they're Plenty of places. Let them go off, or if you're in a small town, let them go off to yeah. to the bar and get, you know, uh, get a soda or get an ice cream on their own. I think that that um, is fine. So I think that would be great. Um, one thing I didn't mention actually with food. Another reason why Italy is a fantastic destination for, with kids is the food is so easy for kids. It's pasta and pizza and and ice cream, ice and, cream, and, and ice, ice cream, ice cream. So one of the things we did is try to get a different gelato in every town. What was your favorite gelato? And, and again, I'm you know, is this really what I want to do? Is I mean, I guess there are a lot of people that want to get a gelato every day. So not me. <laughs> I show that I'm strange. But they're also, um, in in Italian restaurants, they're very flexible. So if you get a, a plate of pasta, you know, rather than have a kid's menu, you can just get a regular plate of pasta and split it between two kids and they don't care. You get a regular pizza and split it with two kids. It's not like you have to order something off the kids, some, um, you know, mac and cheese off the kid's menu. Although technically it pretty much is mac and cheese. A lot of times. Oh, yeah, but it's, it's good. <laughs> okay. My number one, my number 10 suggestion. <laughs> well, so this is, and but, but seriously, I think this is a larger issue, a larger thing when I, I think, and this is, this is, this is more, this veers into more of a parenting podcast than an Italy or literature <laughs> podcast. But at some point you kind of have to let your kids go and you got to let them, they, they need autonomy, right? So sometimes you just want to, so we've done, we've got, Four children, our oldest now is 22. And at some point you just want to say, you know, you don't have to come with us. So it, it, it's, it can be strange, but our experience has been um, that uh, we've taken them to places where they, they we've, we, you know, you, you hear the usual things like um, the, well, not usual, but you, you, you know, you hear things like, oh, this, this is, aren't you having a good time? This would be so nice if you weren't here, <laughs> which was a heartbreaker. I was like, yeah. So next time... Leave them home. Leave them home. So that that is a suggestion. And I've also known people that with younger children, that they have maybe grandparents or whoever who can watch the kids. And it's a special week with the the grandkids. So that's totally an option. Um, Another thing, you know, actually I meant to mention with the 12 and over, um, that's that's an age in which peers are really important. Yeah. If you can 
bring a kid's friend, you might consider Excellent that. idea. Yeah. Um, it gets a little bit complicated. You know, you do have to have uh, the... But we've the also, le- even when, when they were young, we've had like, um, we've had nannies and babysitters and, and adult friends. So with Sam, we had two, we had, uh, we had uh, um, Janelle come over and we had... We, we come to Italy. Right, so but I'm like talking that. about taking a vacation and actually yeah. bringing one of your kids' friends. friends. And yeah, it's, that's, in their I'm just, saying, I'm just years, saying I remember that actually at making things easy. It's right. Nice. It might it might work out in the teenage years. You have to consider things like having permission from, obviously having permission from the parents. Going back to how we opened with not making right. sure you take your own kids. <laughs> But um, that you have to have a notarized letter from the parent s- stating that you um, that they know that you're taking their child out of the country and for the the number of dates because obviously there have been issues and make sure that they understand that they have to take their child back at the end of that time too. Um, so those are some suggestions about traveling to Italy with children. Do you have any other any other thoughts, Jim? I mean, considering. This is now we're going back over about 20 years mm-hmm. of traveling with kids to Italy. What about, um, you know, I mentioned that the restaurants are always great because actually they're quite, they're quite laid back in Italy and restaurants and supermarkets where they would always say, Signora, don't get mad at him, even though he's pulling everything off the shelf. They'd be like, oh, Signora, he's just. Um, I was thinking a couple of destinations that are very, very kid friendly, even though it seems strange, Venice which mm-hmm. I think we're going to talk on a on an upcoming podcast. Venice is like a like a I mean it's like a kid's dream. I'm going to say like anyone's dream. I mean it's sort of like a, this made up city, the city floating on water. So Venice is sort of magical. I feel like if there's any place that had a food that became a favorite for any of our children, it was Venice with the pa- spaghetti alle vongole. Right, right. With the the uh, spaghetti with clams. Uh, yeah, and sometimes and, and our, our daughter just kind of like yeah, became Pac Man for right. It. Uh, another trip we were actually in a in a very small. I I don't even know if you want to call it a small town, Montelagello, population seven, and we there were six of us. <laughs> so I mean, there was there so was we were 13 six now? of us. No, there were six of us and the caretaker. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That was actually also, I mean, a kind of magical experience. Now, this was a thousand-year-old so, castle that has been um, restored and transformed into various apartments, and we were able to stay in one of the apartments. And just to kind of let the kids run around the the gardens, um, go for walks through the olive groves, and, you know, we were certainly not checking off boxes of things to see in Umbria, but... Yeah, and I think you want to add, I mean, that sounds that almost... I, some listeners might hear that and think, oh, that must be super expensive. But it wasn't not super pricey. That It was... Well, I, I had actually bartered oh, right. some work in order to stay in that in that yeah. apartment. So, no, it was free. But, <laughs> but, um, but you, you know, can that, find, you can find it, but, but, yeah, sure. but that, that's clearly not a, like a, you know... Thousands and thousands right. of dollars. You and did this, some translation work. This actually reminds me of another thing as far as traveling with kids in Italy. In general, I will, you know, if people are are visiting various cities, I would say take the train. 
you know, say if you're going Rome, Florence, Venice, take the train, do not rent a car. You can't use the car in the the downtown area of those cities. Anyway, the car is a liability. The trains are are great in general in Italy and it's fun. You know, you get to look out the window. However, if you're going into the small towns, you're going to need to rent a car. And in some cases, especially if you're traveling with a number of kids, it may be more economical to rent a car with kids. So do you know what the medium fa- median family size in the United States is? So I think we should gear... T- I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot One, of... 1.6. Yeah, so I... Is that I, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just saying, yeah, but but um, but I, I guess the thing to... I, one thing I would keep in mind, to your point, though, and in, in all seriousness, is that uh, the car rentals will tend to be a little bit smaller unless you're actually looking to get something. It, it can be challenging... You know, if you are, if you do have a large family in the United States, getting uh, getting a car for them is easier. It's not that it's impossible; but you have to make sure that. Wait, if you have a large family, getting I'm, say, I'm saying cars tend to run larger in the United States. Oh, in the U.S., yes. yes. So in Italy, I mean, standard is a five seater or smaller. Or smaller, yeah. Um, we yeah. actually had some problems trying to rent a car that was bigger that would fit six, and they kept. You know, they always try to give us these mega vans. But luckily at this point now, yeah, we can go we have back four to drivers the, so we can... Rent right, we can get back to the smaller cars. <laughs> um, but again, I would say the, you know, you you have options with things like traveling by, by train, especially if you're just going to be visiting the, the city centers. Um, the food, we talked about the food, pizza, um... And the pasta. And again, this is something that you might want to prep the kids for. So, you know, Jim mentioned that spaghetti alla vongole in Venice when we, we took one trip and one of the kids fell in love with spaghetti alla vongole. And then we continued traveling through Italy and we were in the inside of the sit of the country and she kept asking for spaghetti with clams. And I was like, yeah, that's not what you get in Florence. That's not what you get in Assisi. Uh, it wasn't until we got down to Rome, which is close to the, to the sea where you can actually start getting some of the, the seafood again. You know, it's just that appreciation that you don't, you know, eat what's local yep. um, and prepare them for what that might be. Yep. I think that's a, that's a good place to, okay. to end it. So that's some, some suggestions for traveling to Italy with your children. Um, and, you know, we hope that we'll have a couple of more trips with our kids and perhaps even someday grandkids. Yep. <laughs> A prossima settimana. Okay. <laughs>